0: What is up and welcome back to another episode of the Fort Men Podcast. This is actually the last episode of Season 3 and I am so stoked to be having Martin Cash on the podcast. Martin is one of my good friends and he's a husband, a songwriter, he's the uh, drummer in the band We The Kingdom and he also has a... Uh, Oh, uh, well, I was about to say spike ball. No, I had my perfect intro. <laughs> he has a four point eight seven nine pickleball rating score, and that is official. And uh, Martin, man, welcome to the
1: podcast. Thank you, bro. Thanks for having me. I am stoked to be here. You are so welcome. I,
0: it was so funny. I texted Gracie yesterday, and I got to just just for the sa- just for the sake of this. This probably could have could have been done pre podcast, but uh, I have to just read what she said to you. So I texted okay. her and said, What is Martin's pickleball rating? And then this, this is what she said, you're gonna love it. She said, He isn't a, he hit he isn't officially rated, but honestly, <laughs> he plays between four point five and five. The, that, wow. du- that dude's no joke going pro one day, lol. <laughs> See you, that have is biggest, you have the very gracious you have the biggest hype sister in law that there is. <laughs> But I just love it, Gracie, because I was I was expecting she was gonna say like an exact number, which is what I ended up like texting her. So actually, can just give me an exact number. But I just love like, no, he like he plays between like a four point five and a five.
1: That's a that's a very large gap. So I appreciate. The graciousness there. Well, no, you. I mean, I've actually have I.
0: Yeah, I've seen you play pickleball one time. You're actually really good. But uh, later in the podcast, I want to talk about spike ball because me and you joked that we could actually enter a tournament, and I really think we could win. You know, you play I more. Too. St- you play more strategically. I just kind of play more dominantly. I just try to spike everything. <laughs> hence the name of spike ball. And then you try to like place, you you try to place ball. So you kind of, we kind of played two, (laughs) we kind of played two different games, but they ended up, they ended up
1: working out really well together. That's amazing. We gotta, we gotta do that at some point tournament. No,
0: we will for sure. Well, man, as I mentioned in the intro, you know, you, um, your family has a band and if, uh, you're listening to this and you haven't heard the way the kingdom, you've probably heard plenty of their songs. Uh, holy water being, I would say probably your biggest song. Um, what is that like being in a band with your family and, was that always something that you dreamt about? what are uh, some of the amazing things about it? What are some of the you know hurdles that maybe you face just being uh, on the road all the time with your family?
1: Yeah, bro. I mean, to start off, I'd say, you know if if you are you know listening and you work with family, you definitely know that there are the ups and downs, you know and one thing from the beginning is you know, we just really wanted to portray that. It wasn't this like cakewalk thing. Cause yeah. I think when you combine family and music, like a band you hear of like family bands, it kind of has this like hokey, <laughs> That's you know, so true. ring to it. Like, Oh, they're a family band, whatever. And so honestly, in the beginning, it wasn't really something that we wanted to like let people know just for fans to kind of figure it out as it came, you know, um, but yeah, man, it is it is a huge blessing and it is a massive um, lesson in life, you know, to work with people that you grew up with, you have history with. Uh, I would say from the beginning that it was definitely not a planned thing or even a dream to like be working together, um, but we actually ended up walking through a situation together That lasted over a decade. We were part of this church that really went south. And, you know, there were just some pretty abusive things going on. And without getting into too much detail, we ended up leaving and we're just heartbroken. You know, felt like the foundation that we had been building, um, personally with each other and even with the Lord had just been like ripped out from under us after a decade. And, Um, you know, after a couple of years of, you know, just recovering from, from a thing like that, we actually came together, um, to this young life camp, which we've been, you know, doing, doing these camps for years. But, uh, this particular year we were just hurting, you know, and I remember sitting around the hot tub at Sharp Top Cove in Jasper, Georgia, which is like an hour North of Atlanta. And we wrote our first song together as the five and without even really knowing it, it was like what propelled the healing to come uh in the next months and the next years. Um, but yeah, from the beginning, it was never a planned thing. I think the Lord ordained it, you know, because he knew we needed each other to heal from that situation that we had all walked through. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it's uh it's a journey and it is absolutely the most fun thing i've been a part of and at times absolutely the most horrific tension that i've ever been a part of so because like you said
0: there are so many dynamics to it because it is you know it is family and it is music but at the end of the day too it's also like a business you know trying to get stuff out there you know because there's so many nuanced things you know with with song credits and with all these other things like to where there is you know so many under layers of like yeah it yeah it is music and it is you know touring and stuff but it's also to some extent running a business and you know a lot of people that have business with their family you know it's just it's so many complicated things that just happen uh, up in it which is which is just i mean sometimes it can be difficult, but for y'all, it's just been super cool to see you know on on on, so, on some in some sense you know up close but but on most of the um you know on, on, on most occasions just kind of from a peer just kind of you know perspective but have you totally. um was you know was music something that you were always drawn to because I mean your dad has written you know some of the biggest songs in in Christian music have, was that always something that you knew that you wanted to kind of pursue from a young age
1: yeah I mean it's interesting growing up around it I mean I can remember being five years old and he had a studio that was right next door you know it's kind of like yeah uh the main house and then a deck breezeway area and then that was his studio when you walked in and so as kids we grew up you know sitting in sessions and you know banging on instruments and whatnot from a very young age you know uh but i think early on i was pretty drawn to sports um and i was a big baseball guy i played for like you know 12 years or something uh through high school. And, um, that was like the passion, you know, I love sports. I love athletics, just the way that the body moves and was really intrigued by that from an early age. Um, and definitely, you know, like I said, the music thing was available, but I don't think the bug actually bit until around halfway through high school. Um, for what, I mean, I remember, I think it was for Christmas we got, uh, garage band on our computer in the downstairs basement you know Uh all the kids it was like this present or whatever um because i guess there's like a free version and then that you can like pay the premium upgrade or whatever and we got that one and it was the first time you know i feel like sitting down it's really just dragging in like pre-recorded loops so you're not necessarily creating music from nothing but you're dragging in all these loops and lining them up to create beats and different melodies or whatever and i feel like that was the first time i remember that original joy for music striking my heart like oh my gosh this is a new realm a new portal that i've Mm -hmm. never really been exposed to in this kind of way because it was it was personal it was like something that i could create that didn't have to do with my dad or didn't have to do with my sister or anyone else but my personal expression you know yeah and so i i think it was at that point that started the the journey of like what is this and you're kind of peeling through you know the layers for the first time and just this childlike wonder of like oh my gosh this is this is amazing so
0: growing up was your family the kind of family like let's say hypothetically if you're gonna go sit at like a bonfire (laughs) would you just start like spontaneously singing,
1: yes, <laughs> you were. Yes, we were very. We were that family. Like, because
0: well, well, at the beginning you said not like a hokey pokey thing, and I was like, yeah. if I think of like a hokey pokey singing family, it's like you know you have the scene from uh, I think it's Cheer by a Dozen when they're like just all by the campfire. You might not, but they're like I across. Know. I don't know it. They're like across the like lake from each other, whatever. And it's like the two families like singing. They're like it's like a sing battle kind of thing. You have to see; it. it's a great movie. But That's I just amazing. picture like yeah as like a musical family just sitting around a campfire and just like singing campfire songs because oh, my yeah. family's not musical at all like we were just all we did was ever play sports and no one none of us can sing there's there's not a single ounce of gifting in that um so i just yeah I mean if i'm th- if i'm thinking about you and your whole family as musical as, as y'all are i just i picture in my mind just <laughs> franny start singing something and then you start like drumming something on like a wooden bench or something <laughs> around the fire that's amazing just sitting around the fire that's just that, that's just where my mind goes with that
1: i love it that's probably how it's, i mean like family reunions and stuff cuz my grandfather he passed away a few years ago but he taught he brought music into the family and so he was like an electric guitar player and taught my dad Johnny be good yeah, by Chuck Berry for the, that was his first song. That was my first song I learned on the guitar. There's a video of it somewhere where we all played a recital. Like my dad and brothers were the band, my band, you know. So it was fun. Would you say if if you know the thing that
0: y'all walked through, you kind of mentioned at the beginning? Would you, you know, if if y'all didn't really go through that, then music, like you said, kind of brought y'all together. Do you think you still would have pursued something with music? Do you think it would have been worship or? You know, some other kind of music or would you have maybe kept trying to trying to play baseball or what do you, Mm. if you had a guess, what do you kind of think that would have played out to be?
1: Gosh, that's a great, um, a great question. I don't know that I've thought about that before. Um, I definitely think it, it, if that hadn't happened is what you're asking. Yeah. If we hadn't walked through that, I mean, there would have been some part of me that still gravitated towards music. You know, because I think as I continue to age through middle school, high school, whatever, I was like a super, like I love math and I loved science, like almost, I guess, left side of the brain or whatever that would be. Yeah. And then it was weird, bro. There was a switch, not not like overnight, but I remember it like it was overnight in high school where I just became creative and sort of that right brain, like literally from black and white to color, like all of a sudden I love English and I love writing, you know, and so I think that went hand in hand with music, you know, so even if we hadn't walked through that together for whatever switch happened, I think I would have still gravitated towards music, you know, being a creative.
0: I'm a big fan of ice baths. If you uh, don't already know that, if you've been listening to this podcast and even follow me on social media, you've seen me post a lot about Ice Barrel. And it is a cold therapy training tool that I use almost every day for my recovery, for my inflammation. Uh, It just helps me feel better. Um, It's one of the most... Just like addicting things that I do, you know, there's so many benefits to it with my mood and my recovery and my focus. It even helps with my heart rate variability. It helps activate my nervous system. It also helps even alleviate depression and anxiety. And I've seen all those um, by doing ice barrel. And I can see the note. I can notice the difference when I don't do it, and I can notice the difference when I do. When I do do it, and it's just one of my favorite things. You know, ice barrel. Uh, the design of it is so cool and it's so sleek. I have it sitting on my back porch, and it's just sitting upright. I have it in my stand and it's made uh, with 100% recycled material, it's made in the USA, and it's super durable, it's super compact, and there's a spigot on the bottom to where if I need to drain it, I can drain it, and uh, I just fill it up with however much water I want, however much ice, and it uh, stays cold, and, and it's perfect, because you don't have to keep filling it with water, you don't have to keep buying ice, because the ice barrel keeps it cold, and you can keep the water in there, and you don't have to drain it with the spigot. I love using it, it's become one of my uh, biggest tools that I've had for uh, fitness, as well It's just lifestyle and i love it so much i love the way it looks as well and uh like i said something else that i love is that you can get it for as little as 90 dollars a month and it's super portable And like I said, it drains easily and you can take it wherever you want. And it does not take up a lot of space. Like I said, it's sitting on my back porch and that's the perfect spot for it for me. So I worked with Ice Barrel to help get you $125 off so that you can try it out and see if you love it as much as I do. I threw a link in the show notes and you'll be seeing me share more on social media too. You can go to icebarrel.com slash Christian and use code Christian to get $125 off. Ice Barrel offers a 30 day money back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. Again, that's icebarrel.com slash Christian and use code Christian to get $125 off. Get colder, feel better, and let me know what y'all think. That's awesome. How do you feel like, because I've never really asked a person in worship this question. Do you ever feel like, you know, because obviously y'all tour so many different places in so many cities. Y'all just finished uh, Winter Gym, right? That was, that was the big tour. Y'all just finished? Yep, yep. Yeah. So like 40-something cities. How do you, do you ever feel like that tension of, you know, because like I said, you played the drums f- for your family's band. How, do you ever like get, you know, how do you let yourself worship freely while also still needing to be? On the tune, because if the drummer messes up, it's kind of obvious. I feel like maybe maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong when I say that. Yeah. But how do you, you know, how do you let yourself, you know, when you do when you do something so often and a ton of people are there watching, how do you, you know, not be in your head of making sure you don't mess up, but also allowing yourself to worship because you know y'all are singing worship music and this is, you know, people are coming to hear y'all to have an experience with God. Mm. So how do you how do you kind of separate the two but also kind of conjoin them
1: if that yeah, makes sense totally um i actually had an experience in high school when i first kind of started to play i had this like bible study group of just some high school buddies and, and friends we get together on the weekends and just worship and you know someone might talk or share a message or whatever and i remember one particular weekend, we were trying to do like just a worship night, you know, and we had this space that a church let us use and I was playing uh, on the kit and I, dude, I remember like very vividly through, um, through the set, it was one specific moment, it wasn't the whole time, but almost like this third person feeling where you kind of leave yourself and you feel like you're just viewing yourself play in worship. And it was, it was yeah. literally like the Holy Spirit overtook playing for like 30 seconds. And I was just watching him like, Hey, let me show you how to worship and play mm-hmm. together, you know, and I've never had a moment like that before, you know, in addition to that first one, but I've always tried to like chase it, you know, like That's if cool. I could get back to that feeling of It feels like he is literally the one playing and I'm just watching. That'd be amazing. And I think there's a really beautiful part of that. And then there's also a skewed part of that where I think somehow in in growing up in childhood, I believed worship to be you get lost. You're not focused or locked in on your craft. If you're leading necessarily, you just need to get lost in the spirit. Almost like you're taken to heaven or or another realm, which I think there are worship, you know, experiences that are very much like that. But I think one thing I'm learning is like just because you're focused on keeping the groove or, you know, the performance side of what you're doing or, you know, a certain feel that you kind of want to go after. That doesn't mean it's not worship. You know, Mm -hmm. you can still be locked in and focus on your craft and the fact that god gave you that gift means that you're using it for him and you're its still worship whether you're focused locked in very present or kind of lost and taken you know to to a heavenly place um so i don't know if that makes sense no that makes complete sense that's so yeah, cool i think yeah. i'm learning to do the the second the latter yeah yeah yeah
0: because like i said i mean i know. When I know, I mean, I know nothing about music. I know what I like and what I don't like, but I don't. I know nothing about keys, or like, <laughs> you know, if you know if it's in this key, then this is down key or whatever. Do you ever, you know, because I think I feel like I've heard people say this in the past. Do you ever wrestle with like if you were. Let's say you're at like a, I don't want to say concert or like a worship gathering or something like with a musical brain, like let's say they're in an off key or if someone messes up, like, can you ever get like hyper fixated on something like that? And
1: does that, oh, just, yeah. does that make
0: sense? If you're like worshiping <laughs> and it's like, oh, he missed, he missed that key or something like that.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. It can, that a, it can that definitely a be a, a, a speed bump for sure. Yeah. You know? But then like to to kind of piggyback off of what I said before, like watching someone in their craft and killing it, you know, even if they have one fluke or one mess up moment, like I'm watching them enter into worship. And somehow that like I may not be like this, you know, I may be like watching them. My eyes are on them, but my heart is on God, you know, watching them, watching God worship through them if that yeah. makes sense. But the, there are a lot of times, you know, you're a critic in that scenario, you know, it's yeah. like, this is what I do for a living. And so if I'm watching you play a song, I'm going to critique it, you know, naturally, you yeah. know, so trying to to keep that balance of like, it's not bad to be a student and to critique and learn from things, but in a worship setting, that's where you want your mind to be. Also, like I said, you will just
0: finished. Um, You know how how many how many cities was Winter Jam again? Forty what? It was booked for forty. We had one show cancel, so thirty nine. So thirty nine. Yeah. How do you how do you feel like you kind of balance because you know doing a thirty nine city tour is crazy. How do you feel like you balance that? You know, life can be so crazy, but then it can also you know not be when you're back home in Nashville and you're playing pickleball and you're playing you know you're just kind of chilling. How do you feel like? When not that you're chilling, obviously, you are working on a new record and everything. You're still busy, but you're not like, you know, in the middle of nowhere in Kansas or something, whatever. So- <laughs> you know, how do you feel like you kind of adjust to like so crazy, but then also being so not as crazy, if that makes sense?
1: Yeah. Um, I think initially, and we honestly, man, we haven't been touring that long, but initially, when we were first started, you know, the road life, I think I just accepted it as very like, um, when you hop on the bus and you've been on a bus before, you know, it's like Narnia or something yeah. like you're walking through this wardrobe or whatever that uh-huh. takes you to a, a new universe, you know, and the time literally is different. It feels different. Um, and so I think I just accepted it It's like, okay, these are two different worlds. And when I get home, I know I'm expecting that punch in the face, you know, on Monday morning or whatever, like not from that, Sarah, but from- <laughs> not from Sarah, <laughs> from, from life, from reality. From life. Yeah, that's funny. Um, but yeah, I, I think that was my perspective at first and there's definitely still some side of that, you know, but I've learned if you can give yourself some like lead up time. So instead of, of instead of like Sunday night, Uh, we are typically gone Wednesday night through Sunday night back Monday morning. Mm -hmm. And so instead of preparing your mind to get back after you play this show Sunday or even Monday morning, you know, the last 30 minutes in to start thinking about it on Sunday, like afternoon, you kind of prepare, okay, I'm, I'm transitioning back so that it's not such an abrupt transition. You know, I've, I've felt that that really helps. And then on Wednesdays, when you're about to leave, you don't want to go too much to that world because then you're not present for, you know, yeah. Sarah, for your wife, for family, friends, whatever. Um, but to, to start at least thinking like, okay, I'm going to be leaving. I need to get my mind in this road life kind of system again. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm still like figuring out the intricacies of that. But it's really helped.
0: How much did y'all tour before you? You and Sarah got married. Have you toured more before or after that?
1: I would say it's been roughly the same, About the same amount, so far. give or take. Like yeah. we met and dated once I had already been touring, so it's it's nothing new to us, which feels really nice because we kind of built our flow around yeah. the road. Has that been
0: a like? What kind of adjustments has that been from? You know, if you're tour, then you come home and you're single, you kind of have, I don't say do whatever you want, but you kind of have more, I guess, maybe freedom in that versus now having more of like a stability when you come home, you know, having a house, having a wife, having, you know, your own kind of
1: family. It's a hundred percent better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dude, I would destroy myself as, as the single dude coming, cause you have not, you know, no responsibilities. So you're still staying up, you know, to 4 or 5 a.m. watching Netflix and whatnot, you know, just enjoying life. But there is a beauty to having um, someone else that kind of keeps you in check, you know, because Mm -hmm. you almost think, you know, gosh, I've been hitting it real hard on the road, you know, working endless hours. And you almost start to form this mentality of like, oh, I deserve to be that couch potato or maybe yeah. not dessert you know it's like i, I no, need it sure. to kind yeah. of refuel or whatnot and there's definitely some of that still for sure but to do it with someone else so that you don't go to a dark place or get like lonely and isolated you know is incredible i mean it's the greatest gift that uh, i didn't even think to ask for you know but god was just like i think i'm gonna hook you up right here like this is this is for you
0: I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. And I started taking it because I wanted better gut health. I wanted uh, a stronger immune system. And I even just wanted increased energy in the morning. Sometimes when I wake up, coffee's not the first thing I want to go to. And I wanted something that I thought tasted delicious, With which AG1 tastes. Incredible. And I wanted something that could give me that energy that I need in the mornings before I go work out or just whatever I'm doing. Even if I'm not working out, I still just love taking it to start my day. And like I said, it tastes delicious and there's so many huge benefits of it. My uh, body craves it in the mornings and I love um, the health benefits that it gives me. And what I love about AG1 is that it makes me feel like I'm actually doing something good for my body. I know that oftentimes, um, I cannot have the healthiest eating habits and mixing in some AG1 uh, just feels like I'm giving my body some of the nutrition that I know that it craves. And like I said, it tastes delicious and I love incorporating it into my routine and just making a habit out of it to uh, increase my health throughout the day. And AG1 was designed with ease of mind so that you can live healthier and better without having to do a lot. It's seriously the healthiest thing that you can do in just under a minute. And with every scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens that have huge benefits like gut and mood support, boosted energy. It is even great for skin, hair, and nails. It's just high-quality stuff that's good for you. And with all those benefits, that's what made me start telling people about it. I told uh, the Duck guys about it, and you heard me talk about John David. He's taking it now. And my neighbor, Brian, who we play rec league basketball together, I started talking to him about it because I feel like it gives me the energy that I would need, uh, whether it's for any kind of sports or even just for working out. He loves to work out to. And uh, he started digging it because he saw the edge that it was giving me in the gym. And if you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase, With their travel packs about age one are my favorite part about their product. Go to athleticgreens.com slash huff. That's athleticgreens.com slash huff. Go check it out. Well, if you're listening to this, and we've talked about Sarah a lot, Sarah's Martin's wife, um, y'all been married for about a year and a half now, right? Twenty yeah. December of twenty one. December, yeah, December twenty one. Yeah, it's about a year and a half, and y'all dated for you know several months before that. What do you, um, you know, for all those people listening? How did you, well one, how did you pursue her, and two, you know, Sarah's older than you. Does that, did that ever intimidate you, you know, early on you pursuing? Because because Sadie's older than me, but she's only one year older than you. But I know Sarah's a couple years older than you. Did that ever intimidate you from the from the onset? And how did you, you know, pursue her while touring? She owns her own business. Her life is busy. Uh, you know, how, what was the kind of origin of all that?
1: Yeah. Um. So we became friends in like this friend group, um, kind of over quarantine phase mm-hmm. for like almost a year. I want to say and we met on like ultimate frisbee field, um and that's where I met a lot of my good buddies now. Um, and for, you know, for some reason we're just all kind of drawn to each other. We started getting together on the weekends and playing ping pong and having these really meaningful conversations with each other that, that really played a huge part in kind of changing my life and kind of reshifting some mentalities that I just, you know, been prone to believe due to the abuse that I had talked about, you know, in the church or whatever. And, um, one night in particular, you know, I'd, I'd shared a lot about like, man, I've, I've had some hurt and, you know, skewed mentalities with the church. I'd said that a lot. Yeah. And Sarah kind of picked up on it, you know, it was like, what is that about? Um, like, I, I'd love to hear more of what you mean by that if you're willing to share and so we, uh, we ended up getting together just around a fire. Just that was the first one on one kind of experience that we had had. And it was really sweet, man, because it just felt very like best friends who hadn't become best friends yet, you know? But it's, cool. it started from a friendship place. Um, and even that, like you asked the age thing, I think because I had viewed her as like, Uh, A friend in my life who's older and so like not too much older, but like enough to have more wisdom than I did, you know, just by the law of like age and time. Um, I had I had viewed her more like, I don't know if we would ever date because she is older, you know, Mm -hmm. and that wasn't like a thing that I come up with. Like, I will never date anyone older than me. It was just like you kind of peg them in that category is like she'll be my friend. And uh, but only from you
0: because you're also thinking like she probably wouldn't want to date me because I'm a lot younger, yes, totally, you know. Yeah. So there's like, yeah, it's there's two some, sided, yeah, there's for sure, two sided, for sure.
1: Um, but yeah, man, after that night, I think having shared that first one on one experience being like a safe place where I could really open up about some hurtful things without lead, you know, allowing her to come in too much, um, I was still, you know, on my guard, rightfully so, because. You know, once you start that dating process, you start to form ties with each other Mm -hmm. that if for some reason it didn't end up working out, you could potentially regret those emotional ties. You know, like, gosh, maybe I gave too much or maybe it was too soon or whatever. And so I was still careful. But for some reason, I just felt that peace, you know, of God, like this is a woman that you can trust and she's safe. And I didn't get that, like, this is who you're going to marry, like God voice, you mm-hmm. know, initially. Um, but it was just that, like, keep going, keep um, trusting the process of, like, hanging out together and, and building this thing and watch what I'm going to do. Um, but, dude, initially, like, the age thing did kind of, it was like a speed bump for me, you know, like, wow, yeah. this is something that I'm going to have to get over mentally. And we ended up talking about it, not shortly after. And I was just straight up honest. Like, you know, I've always thought of you as kind of this older, not too much older, but like older friend. And now I kind of like have feelings for you. And so, you know, what are you feeling about it? Am I like too young or whatever? And it was a really beautiful conversation of like, you know, Yeah, that there is like some kind of rule ish age wise, like where you want to be. But then, depending on the person, those rules are bent and it becomes something else other than the age. It becomes about like the friendship. And I don't know, I guess, kind of what you guys actually mean to each other. Um, So, anyway, I feel like I'm rambling, but. No, you're great. After that well, conversation, thing, we didn't talk about it again. It w- it wasn't yeah. like an issue. Yeah, yeah. Because well, the age thing
0: is so interesting. Because like, you know, at th- th- four years ago, whatever, it, or you know, however long y'all have known each other, it might seem like you know a big deal. But then, twenty, thirty years down the road, it's like right. they're <laughs> just two numbers that are. They're they're still super similar. You know? Yes, totally. It's, it's not like it's, you know you're she's 60 and you're 40 yeah I mean, it's like 100 percent. yeah you know just a like couple of years yeah because it's, it's so interesting it's like yeah if you're 19 and then 23 24 whatever it seems weird but then when you're 60 and 55 56 it right doesn't like gosh it's so just, true they're just two numbers yeah you know, it's 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 weird how how numbers and stuff do that well i want to i want you to talk because you know it's you and sarah's story is really cool and y'all you know, y'all y'all dated really well, and I want to I want to kind of you know share on on how you feel like you date well, and share a little bit about some of y'all's um, craziest dates because I know that y'all had some y'all had some epic date stories. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I don't. I mean, they were epic for us. I don't know, listeners might hear it and be like, "What? This is so lame." But it no, was super no fun. One's,
0: no one's gonna think you're a tool. No one's gonna <laughs>
1: think that. Um. Yeah, man. I um. I think one thing that really helped from the beginning is when we kind of decided like you know we would love to 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 do this thing and kind of move forward with dating whatever that looks like specifically yeah. um I I remember it was one morning before she was about to go to the beach with some girlfriends and um I just felt like it was important to clarify You know, I could kind of judge based on how we both lived our lives and treated other people. But just to like that over communication thing, you know, like just so you know, Sarah, like I'm not a game player and I never Mm -hmm. have been like good at it for one. You know, just these games people play, like not texting them back initially or like trying to
0: yeah manipulating yeah
1: yeah and sometimes it's like it can be fun and friendly or whatever i just sucked at it like i was not you know the one to whatever be good at it so i was like anything that i say or do like i'm gonna do my best to just be up front you know yeah and like because it's not my personality i'm not gonna wait to text you back just to like you know do that play hard to get thing or whatever. Like I'm going to text you back because you're my friend and I love yeah. talking with you and I want to hear back from you, you know? And so I think saying that and putting that out in the open, it just allowed for like the, the natural response of dating to be purer and clearer, you know? Cause a lot of the mm-hmm. times we can get wrapped up in that, like, you know, I called them, they haven't called me back yet. Or I said, this certain phrase of affection and they haven't like mimicked that back yet like what's going on you know so just it's kind of like a duh yeah you should do that or whatever but it really set us up well um yeah just that, like no games like I'm, I'm not playing games i'm gonna be super upfront super honest
0: because that's even easy for us like you know like you just said that even if that's not your personality as men i think even just as people like we can s- psychoanalyze so many things <laughs> where one day if like if you feel like she's doing it to you you're like well maybe should i do it because yes you know because because you're like if she texts if she, if she if it's like five hours later and she texts me back and then i text her back within like a minute yes, you know then it's just like this yeah it's kind of weird right you know so like right. so ha- yeah even getting t- getting to it's like no i'm going to still be genuine and, and upfront and honest because it's like if i get in my head of you know are you doing are you Playing a game with me or whatever, like, should I play it back? Or, yes, if, you know, they, if you text yeah. me goodnight, should I just not read it and then text you back in the morning and say I fell asleep and I really didn't? Like, there's so many like <laughs> little things like that that we can do that are just, they really are just stupid. Yeah. Honestly. But yeah, I mean, I, I remember that with Sadie, like, when we first started talking, um, I'm, I'm like, this is not, I'm not trying to brag when I say this. I'm just like the best at answering my phone. Like I never, if I if I ever don't text you back, it's pro it's because I don't want to text you back. Yeah, it, you know, I'm not like, oh hey, I'm sorry, I missed yeah. your I missed your your text and your two calls, and you know I saw it, I just did it. <laughs> right, call you back or text you back because I'm just, I mean, I'm not always on my phone, but I just it's always on and yep. near me, and I'm just like that's just my personality. Like if I see it, I'm gonna text you back. But I remember, yeah, yeah I remember at the very beginning. I was kind of the same way. I like in the past I had kind of played games cause I was just a, you know, I was just a douche. Um, <laughs> but when me and Sadie met, I wasn't anymore. I was, you know, I was actually pursuing God and I was so removed from like the playing games and like playing hard to get and like trying to be cool with stuff that, um, yeah, I just was, you know, like you said, just this is gonna be the way I pursue you. But then, if it was the same, if like she didn't text me back for a day or something, I would be like, okay, like, well, if she, if the, whenever she texts me back, I at least have to wait like a couple hours to yes, respond or something. Right. Cause it's like, you know, cause I, we always, I, I, there's that, <laughs> there's always that one person that like you can, t- you can wait like a week to text back. Right. And then within, within 30 seconds, they text you back. Then it's like, do I do the same thing again? Like, right. do I wait another week? Right. <laughs> like, gosh, it's you know, so how do you kind funny. of do that? But I, I, I do want you to share one, one of y'all's crazy date stories, though.
1: Yeah, I mean, probably, I'm not sure if this is, it's not bad, but afterwards we're like, man, I wonder if that was like illegal or like, tresp- <laughs> like trespassing or whatever. But we live in a town called Franklin, which is like yeah. 30 minutes ish south of Nashville, Tennessee. And mm-hmm. every year at Christmas, they put up this massive, like, uh, maybe like 40 feet, uh, maybe 50. It's huge. It's Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. And, um, the like diameter or whatever is probably like 10 feet or whatever. So, you know, I'm looking at it one day and thinking like, there's definitely a way that two people can fit inside of the inside of it and it's all like lit up at night and like freaking the most magical thing you've seen. And so it's a beautiful tree. One, uh, it's awesome. One night we, uh, you know, got a cheese board together and champagne or white wine or something. And uh, we packed a little bag and there's like this lit, like tiny hole, super tiny to like enter that the electricians can go in if, if a light burns out or whatever. And so somehow we, you know, were able to get through it with like this massive bag with our like cheese and uh, champagne or whatever. And we get inside and have blankets, spread it out, whatever, and have, you know, this cheese board and we're talking, laughing, having the best time. And you can kind of see like, you know, there's enough cracks and holes through the the tree where you can see like cars driving mm-hmm. around and people, whatever. And this is probably like midnight or 1am, you know, later so that like people wouldn't just see us like, you know, we are main crawling. street, main street. So yeah. crowded. Yeah. Oh, it's super it, it, crowded. It, it,
0: it wasn't, it wasn't 7pm. Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> but we kind of see this car like circling the tree like two or three times, which around a square, if you're not lost, that's like weird, you know, and so we yeah. were, we kind of immediately like laid down so that we were hidden or whatever and thought we heard someone get out and walk around or whatever. And it was for sure a policeman because we saw him get back in. And when the car drove off, we saw like, you know, Franklin police on the side. Mm-hmm. And so w- it wouldn't have been, you know, anything worse than like, hey, could you please, please leave? You know, whatever. Yeah. But uh, we were like shaking physically like if we get caught, you know, what's going to happen? Are we Are going to pay a fine? Like this is well, going to be probably brutal. I, got
0: out, I probably saw the Christmas tree. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's the no wind. and It yeah. like, is just like, what is happening? Su- yeah. Suddenly shakes, suddenly shaking. That's
1: funny. So it started out great and still ended great. We were just nervous as, as all get out.
0: Yeah. Well, it's really cool. I mean, you know, me and you both got, both got married super young. We all got married, um, super young. Me, you, Sadie, um, And Sarah, what do you feel like? How do you feel like your relationship with God has changed since meeting Sarah, you know, doing the whole engagement thing, now getting married for a year and a half? How do you feel like your relationship with God has kind of changed since meeting your wife?
1: Um, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, bro, is simple. I mean, the simplest that it could be, but, you know, you hear all your life, at least growing up, you know, with faith in our home, you hear like, you know, God loves you. God cares about you. And Mm -hmm. I think there were definitely moments where I felt that as like an individual before Sarah, you know, like, gosh, I can, I can see that. I know what people are talking about when they say something like that, because of a moment, like I'm experiencing right now, whatever the moment was, you know, but Mm -hmm. honestly, not many. And I think, you know, I don't know if this is a guy thing or whatever, but you kind of feel like it's up to you in a relationship maybe to like be the pursuer and we're like conquerors, you know? And so maybe it's like up to us to generate like romantic things. And we're always like looking out for our lady and and whatever. Yeah. And so I think as a dude, it was always tough to really understand the love of God for me, like that intimate kind of lover love that he has for us dudes and that might sound weird to say but he has intimate love for us you know Mm -hmm. and i think i didn't know what that was until sarah and that's something that she's really allowed me to see is like the same way that she you know loves me for the crazy you know messy person that i am like that is how christ not only loves the church but loves me as an individual, you know, like he's in love with me. And I didn't really understand, like, you're not really in love with anything before your wife, or maybe you, you know, shouldn't be, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. you're in love with like sports or whatever, different kind of love. But when you get married and you experience that, it just opened up this whole different side to God that I honestly knew existed. I just hadn't experienced it before.
0: Yeah, I mean, mean, we love... We obviously love, you know, the
1: two of y'all so much and y'all's relationship
0: is y'all's relationship is so cool and even just you know, I'm always like if if it's before a meal or something, it's you know, if we pray before a meal, we, we obviously we, we pray most of the time, unless I'm like super hungry, which <laughs> I shouldn't probably say that. But I love, you know, before a meal, like if 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 you pray before a meal, it's always so, you know, uh just beautiful and articulate and you know, it's by by the time it's over, the food's probably getting cold. <laughs> you gotta put in the microwave. Complete, completely kidding. Um, That's amazing. But no, I mean, it, it, it's really cool. Even even at the beginning, you know, because how how old are you? I'm I'm 24. You're I'm 23. You're 22. 23. Yeah. 23. I mean, we're we're basically the same age. But when you and Sarah first started, you know, hanging out and dating, you were 20, and even from, but from, I say that, I say from such a young age, you were from such a young age, just three years ago, <laughs> but you were so like wise and just hearing you talk, it's like so articulate, so like there's so much wisdom and that comes from, you know, you knowing God and, and mm. even just, you know, so much stuff that Sarah's brought out of you from that and, and even from the church earth that y'all went through. It's just, mm. it's super cool to see, um, yeah, like how two really are better than one. Mm-hmm. And y'all are a perfect example of that.
1: Thank you, bro. That's really kind. Really kind. Yeah,
0: man. Well, you know, our podcast is talking about physical training. And something else that I love about you, you might not like to work out as much as I do, but you love games, you love activities, you love sports. And it. it you are so cool because if, if I'm going to play a sport, it's like, you know, I play rec league basketball, church league softball, flag <laughs> football, whatever. But you, like, you could play all those things, but you also love, you know, like, kickball and ultimate frisbee and ping pong and spikeball and pickleball. Like uh, all these like fun games that maybe you thought people didn't play past like fifth grade recess. <laughs> and, you, and you're like a professional oh, at them. It's funny. So even that verse, you know, because I think sometimes, you know, physical training is of some value. It's not only just going in the gym and training. It's like, mm. you know, you're getting in good shape playing pickleball a couple hours a day or playing ultimate frisbee and running up and down the football field. Uh, you know, so I say that to say like your love of sports, how do you um you know, how do you still cultivate that? You know, being married, being touring, uh, just being a, a busy and hectic lifestyle, how do you feel like you still make time uh just for some of those passions and hobbies that, that you still have?
1: Yeah, that's good. Um I mean you mentioned pickleball. It's a funny name, dude, but it is so fun.
0: It's so much it fun. It is
1: so fun. Um uh, and I think Recently, at least for Sarah and I, like she's really into it as well. And so it's actually been a super, um, just fun, like connecting activity, connection activity that, that you can do. Cause, you know, having limited time at home, I try mm-hmm. not to like, you know, all right, I'm, I'm going to go, you know, out for the night. I'll be back, but then I'm leaving the next night. So to leave Sarah for one night just for personal time feels, you know, first of all, I don't want to do it because having limited Mm -hmm. time together, you want to use as much of that together, you know? Um, but then I also think it's really important, really important to have personal time that is private, but it's not, I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times people think that's like secretive, you know, it's not secretive Mm -hmm. time. It's just private, personal, I'm pouring into my individual well, so that when we come together as a couple and she's trying to, you know, draw. Ultimately, she's drawn from the Lord, but you draw from people's wells. So that's how a relationship works. And if mine is yeah. dry, that is, you know, basically screwing her. Like that is, that's unfair, you know? So I think it's equally yeah. as important to pour into that in- individual time. And so I've, I've found ways to do that, at least, you know, on the road and at home. But pickleball is like a massive, like outlet for me, you know, where you just go sweat and it's very strategic and you know athletic, obviously, but more so than like like I'm a huge competitor. I'm I'm very competitive and love yeah. all that stuff. But I found that if the priority can be this is an outlet, whether that's like to blow off steam or even just have fun, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think at least for me, I haven't focused a ton on what is actually life-giving and joyful and fun. Because I think when you're young, you're so focused on the grind sometimes that that Mm -hmm. can distract you from like, man, sometimes I need to just do things that are thoughtless and mindless, whether that's TV or sports or whatever. Being, I don't know if this is something you struggle with, but young people, especially men, young men the the lie is if you don't work as hard as you possibly can now then you might fail yourself or even worse like your family financially or whatever Mm -hmm. it is later in life you know um so i'm really trying to like take time to do non-work things and that's tough because Mm i freaking love my job you know i love music and it is also a hobby but it is also Mm -hmm. like how i Make money, you know. Yeah, how you provide? Yeah, yeah, so so how do you find other things outside of that? Um, and for some reason, dude, like you said, I've always been drawn to the like weird ancillary sports. Like I love disc golf too. I don't know if you've ever played that, but it's like one of those. That's <laughs> no, not it's I, I'm so not popular. accurate with the frisbee. Oh yeah, it's those things are tough, but. Once you get the the basic whatever, it's it's a lot of fun. So man, well, I want to end talk, talking
0: about um yeah you know, for those listening, especially, you guys are working on a new record, um, kind of can you kind of you know talk a little bit about uh, how that's been, what uh people listening can expect from it, and what the heartbeat kind of of it is.
1: Yeah, bro, I think I'll start by saying like, you know, when we made our first record. You don't have anything to go by. There is no outline of like what people like or the sounds that they enjoy hearing from you Mm -hmm. as a band. It's your introduction to the world, you know? And so I think you're less focused on like pleasing the crowd and more focused on like we're just putting out what we love to make. And you kind of cross your fingers like, man, if this connected, that'd be great. And if it didn't, we'll reconvene, you know? And for the second record, I think because the first one connected for whatever reason with people, all of a sudden you're super in your head. Like, okay, let's try to copy and mimic the first record as much as we can. Like making sure we have the next holy water kind of song or the next God so loved or whatever. Like we need a worship kind of tune. We need a rock out kind of edgy, whatever. And I think that led to a massive amount of insecurity because all of a sudden you're just writing to police and it becomes Mm -hmm. commercial and it becomes about, you know, what is going to go number one on the radio and what is going to, whatever you just get lost. And so I think what's exciting about this third record is we've recognized that insecurity and we're learning how to lose it and come back to the like childlike, wild you know you're just not thinking about what you're creating you're just creating you know and people pick up on that joy i i really believe um so that's one thing that i'm super pumped about and the other thing i'll say real quick is you know our whole vision from the start has been definitely to pour into like the church into worshipers like that's where we come from um, but an, mm-hmm. another part of it has also been to pour in and reach out to the people that are outside of the walls of church and would maybe never find themselves in like a church pew for whatever reason. Maybe it's, you know, they've been burned by the church before or someone told them about something about Jesus that wasn't true, but all of a sudden they believe it now. And so mm-hmm. to reach kind of like, I don't know, the, the outsiders or the, the rest of the world with our music and whether that's like a, a mainstream kind of crossover thing where we have a song Lord willing, that could kind of do both, you know, or whether that's going to play some festivals and fairs or hop on a tour. That's like a non-Christian tour and go minister in that world and kind of speak their language, but ultimately share the message of the gospel would be like the biggest, um, dream and like hope for our band so we're really believing this record could be that just in the way that we're writing it trying not to be too um we're throwing jesus in your face and trying to stuff the gospel down your throat and a little more like how would a how would a drug addict say this or experience the gospel or how would whatever someone that's committed adultery or you know more so, like speaking the language of the world rather than like Christianese, which a lot of the mm-hmm. times we can do that, man, in our communities. Like, we just say no, phrases sure. that I don't even think we know what they mean, you know? But it's just like, oh, dude, no, people are saying this in church. Like, maybe we should say it, you know? But it's like, mm-hmm. what is actually behind that, you know? Like, mm-hmm. why don't we talk like regular humans rather than create this community that's very, it can potentially be very exclusive, you know. Mm-hmm. That's why people have a hard time finding themselves in church on Sunday, because sometimes it feels clicky. And I'm not saying that's all, it's all churches, yeah. you know, but just a heart check of like, are we actually inviting the world in like Jesus did?
0: I mean, that's one of the dangerous places to be, right? Where you, where you get to a place and you think you got it all figured out, and you're not you're not struggling with anything, and right. <laughs> I mean, you know, those are the people that I don't want to be around. So. Right uh i want to be around the people that are actually genuine and authentic and if you ask them how you're doing they're not just going to say i'm doing great but you're actually your life's actually falling apart right. so uh let's talk about that yeah i mean i think yeah i i i think the more we can steer away from the christianese and actually how do we we relate to the world i mean we're we're in the world but we're not of the world right so what does that mean how do we relate to people that um might actually listen to this and not just please the small niche that we feel like we need to please right? totally so,
1: that's good bro that's awesome man well when when is that going to come out we're talking the, the hope would be spring of 24 definitely Sweet. some point next year um but the, the hope would be we're, we're actually taking off this fall to to focus on it and so if we could put it yeah. out by spring that would be amazing
0: that's awesome yeah. man martin do well thank you so much for joining me if you uh next next time you see us together if you're watching this uh, hopefully it'll be with a gold medal (laughs) around our neck for spikeball
1: champions (laughs) let's go we got it heck yeah we got it love you brother love you bro thank you so much